Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. Welcome. My name is Joe. I'm the lead pastor here, and I have the privilege of simulcasting, literally teaching both campuses at the same time, and I'm really excited about it. Guys, this is lesson three, which I'm excited about because this is all about putting God first in your day. And remember our theme scripture, Jesus said, if you seek first, or he said, seek first my righteous kingdom and all these things will be added. So we're just talking about putting God first in all kinds of areas of our life. Today, I wanna talk about putting him first in our day. And it, it will change your life forever. If you're listening and say, I don't know that I can do that, I wanna say to you, you can. I've watched God change so many lives over 35 years here at Believers. I've watched men and I've watched women. I've watched God do miracles in their life and change and turn everything around because they decided to put God first in their day. It's an amazing, amazing thing. So here's my story, okay? Um, I met Jesus, 19. And I, I came into the kingdom of God full of passion. I was on fire for Jesus. And Jesus said that happens, right? He said, he that's forgiven of much will love much more. And so I was living in deep, dark sin. And so the light was so bright when I accepted Jesus. I, I just picked up the cross and began to sprint after him, following him, and just passionate about him, in love with him. Then after a year or so, it began to wane. And I wondered, what is wrong? I was still going to church, still involved in my church, but I felt myself pulling away and I felt myself becoming less excited. But if you were to ask me, do you love Jesus? I would say, yeah, absolutely. But it was changing. And for some of you, you might have, you might have never felt the passion I did at first, but I'm gonna show you today how to have that if you've never had it. it it's life-changing, it's life-changing. So I had to just look at the Bible and I had to ask myself, what's wrong, what's different? And I discovered it, it's, it's just the simplest thing. Uh, when I first accepted Jesus, I, I read my Bible, not every day, I read it every opportunity I had every day. I, I spent time with God every day, I worshiped daily, and then I got so busy for God and life took over, and then I just stopped doing those things, and that's when the passion goes down. If you stop spending time with your mate, the passion goes down. It's the same thing with God. And if you've never had that passion, all you have to do is what I'm gonna just teach you today. And I don't care who you are. You may think I'm not spiritual. No, no, it's every one of us can put God first in our day. So there's a church in the Bible and it was an amazing church. It started out great. It was a huge church, the church at Ephesus. So we have the book of Ephesians. But then in, in Revelation, Jesus wrote seven churches seven letters to seven different churches. And the first church he wrote to was the church at Ephesus. And so this is a different letter, not Ephesians, but a letter he wrote specifically to them. And he commended them, but then he corrected them on one thing uh, as a people. And I, I wanna check that out now. Listen to this, Revelations chapter two, verse one. To the angel of the church in Ephesus write, these are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand, and walks among the seven golden lampstands. Now, if you were to read chapter one, you see an image. John sees this image in heaven, and he sees Jesus, and Jesus is holding seven stars in his right hand and walking amongst these seven candlesticks. And he's like, 
confused, but at the end of chapter one, Jesus says, the seven stars are the seven angels of the seven churches. And, and then he said, the candlesticks are the seven churches. All it is is imagery, right? So the reason he's bringing this up in verse one is because it's gonna have something to do with what he's going to exhort them and correct them with. So I'll explain it as we go. But notice it says to the angel, uh, I think every church has angels, angelic beings that protect us, every Christian. We all have guardian angels. Thank God for those. But Jesus would never write a letter to, the, to an angel because he would not be able to share it with us. But theologians say the angel, that Greek word means sent one messenger. It would be the pastor of the church. That's one of, one of the ones that Jesus holds in his hands. And so it's written to the pastor. His job is to share it with the people. Listen to verse two. I know your deeds, which would be good, your hard work, your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles and are not and have found them false. Listen to verse three. You have persevered and you have endured hardship for my name and have not grown weary. If this church were here today, it would be a huge church. It would be what you call a regional church. Other churches, their pastors would come, their staffs would come just to learn how to do church. How do, how do you build a worship team? How do you build dream team volunteers? How do you do children's ministry? And this church just had it going on. But listen to the one thing they were doing wrong. Listen to where these people were at. And Jesus was, was, had to correct them because he knew it was going to end bad if they didn't change it. So listen to verse four. But I have this charge against you that you have left your first love. You have lost the depth of love that you first had for me. And I'm reading the Amplify because it amplifies the text. And I love what he's saying here. That's what happened in my life. For some of you, you may have never had this first love, so I'm gonna help you get it. Even though you love Jesus, you accepted him as savior. And it's the most amazing thing. And here's all that happened. They just simply fell out of love with Jesus, the passion. They were still living for him, working for him, but the passion left. And listen to verse five. Consider how far you have fallen. In God's eyes, one of the worst things we can do as a Christian, we'll still go to heaven. One of the worst things we can do as a Christian is stop putting him first in our day. Why? Well, notice what he says. He goes on to say, um, repent, that means have a change of mind, 180, 180 degree turn, and do the things you did at first, which would be, putting God first in your day. Listen to, listen to this, listen to this. If you do not repent or change the way you're doing things, I will come to you and will remove your lampstand from its place. Now, this could sound really bad, but, and it is bad, but it, it, it's, it's just really simple when you see it. Remember, he showed John, I'm walking in the midst of the seven lampstands, which means my presence is in the Christian's life in this church, it's in the church. Now, if he were to remove the lampstand, and put it over here, he's still walking in the midst of the six churches, and all he's saying is, my presence is about to leave your church or leave your life as a Christian. You're still going to heaven, you're still a Christian, but all he's saying to them is, if you don't do the things you did at first, if you don't put me first, my presence, which his presence is the most amazing thing on planet Earth, it's not gonna be there. And one of the things I love about our church is, People will come and they'll tell me in the lobbies, and it happens in Borman. It's just the most amazing thing. I just walked in and just through worship, some people say, I just began to weep. I don't know why, I just began to weep. And, and then God spoke to me here and God did this. And my life is changing. Well, that's because the presence 
of God is here, and churches can die, and we don't want that to happen, but it can happen to individual Christians too. So he says, do the things you did at first. And here's one of the things I wanna help you understand. The real you is a spirit. You live, in, you live in a body, you have a soul, and that spirit craves God. It craves God. It, it, it needs God. It grows when it's hanging out with God. And so Jesus came to the earth. He created everything. He always existed. He's God the Son. He came into a human body, but he knew if I'm living in a body, I've, I've got to do some things to, to, to keep my body and, and, and my passion level up. So here's what he did. I think it's important. It's a great example. Mark 1.35, very early in the morning while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Now, if Jesus needed to do that, and I think it's, it's evident that we all need to do that, and I want to encourage you in this way. For some, I'm blowing your gaskets because you're thinking, I don't have time, I'm too busy, and I don't know how to do this. And Are you kidding? You can do it. Some of you are saying, I'm a night person. Well, I'm a night person too, but I'll, I'll tell you how to, to become a morning person. Set your alarm early and get up three days in a row, and you'll be so tired at night, you'll go to sleep. That's, that's, that's how you become a morning person. I guarantee you. And guys, that's how you put God first. That's putting God first. You put him first, it will control everything you do. You put him first, everything else is controlled. And so I want to just share with you what my day looks like, and, and I won't give you time or anything. And this isn't because I'm Pastor Joe. This is what I do just because I'm a Christian. Uh, and, and I did it before I was Pastor Joe. And, and I do it not because it's homework. Remember, this is not homework. This is a treasure map, right? We talked about that last weekend. Um, so I just figure out, when do I have to be out of the house? Then I just go backwards and say, okay, I need this much time to hang out with God first. That, that's all. I did it when my kids were little. You can do it any time in your life. And, and I just figure, now if you're retired, you may not have to get your day going to here, so you might not have to get up as early. But, but for those of us that are working and all that, I say, here's where I have to be out of the house. And then I just go backwards and I wake up. That's easy to wake up, right? And then uh, I always read the Bible first. And why do I read the Bible first? Well, what if God invited you to come up to heaven, and he said, I'll tell you stories about the history of mankind, and I'll, I'll teach you principles that will change your life. Would, would anybody pass that invitation up? If God said, I'll, I'll, every morning, if you get up, I'll take you up to heaven, and I'll talk to you and tell you stories. None of us would give it up. Well, that's what the Bible is. It's God speaking to man. It's, it's amazing, and it's full of life. It's alive, and when we read it, it gets inside of us. It changes us, gets us on the right path, keeps us on the right path. It's amazing. So when you see it for what it is, it's not homework. It's you and I having God tell us about the universe and the creation and all the principles. It's amazing. So I'll read my Bible. You read it as long as you want. I read it. I know how long I read it. And, and, then, and then I worship. I, I worship every morning. I got up this morning and I enjoyed our corporate worship. It was amazing, but I already did it before I came because I just wanted to spend time in the presence of God. So every morning I get up, my day off, I get up early enough and I worship. And I like to do three worship songs and you may think that's way too many. And maybe I need to do three because I'm Pastor Joe and I have a lot of burdens on me, not just mine, but everybody else's. So maybe I need a little more time than the average person, but I do three worship songs and I just worship. I sit there as if I'm sitting in the presence of God. And, you know, uh, we're empty nesters now. So I used to go down in the basement. Now I can do it in our living room. And uh, I turn on the, the gas fireplace 
and I put headphones on, and I have them loud. But Gina can hear me if I sing out loud, so I whisper worship. And, and the music's real loud. It's blah, 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 blah. But it seems like I'm worshiping, right? And if I worship loud, she'll hear it, and then she can't concentrate, right? So I just worship. Then after that, I sit, and I just hang out. The most precious time in all the world is to just sit there. Sometimes I turn the music off, and I just sit there, and what I read bubbles up, and then God might give me an answer I've been looking for. He, he, he ministers encouragement, exhortation. It's amazing. And then I pray. And that, that's, that's my little devotional. And I have found if I do that every day, it's the most incredible thing. I crave it. And you'll crave it too if you begin to do it. So I want to talk to you about uh, just encouraging to do that. But, but here's my big idea. I, w- I want to show you why you want to do it. It's an amazing thing. Um, and so I want you to walk out understanding this more clearly than ever. And it goes like this. When you hang out with God, nothing can hang out on you. And guys, as we walk through this world, everything's trying to cling to us, right? So you decide how you hang out with God. I, I, I may be more, you know, more of a marathon God runner, you know, but, but you start where you can start. Just give him the first part of your day and, and, and he will bless you because his life his peace and his joy will flood you. And if you just depend on the weekend service, which is amazing, I, I, I love corporate worship. I love to hear the word of God taught. Um, but if that's all you depend on, uh, and you're missing out, you can, you can have God every day by just putting him first in your day. So um, let me show you number one. It goes like this. Sinful things can't hang out on you. I just think about walking through a day and... I think of all the things we see that aren't good, the things we hear. Um, I think of the thoughts that try to come at us, and some have more problems than others, some in one area, some in another. But man, if you hang out with God, they they can't hang out on you. And it kind of reminds me of of my Jeep. Uh, I have a two-door Jeep Wrangler, and it's a rag top, and I put the top down. And uh, if you're riding in the summer at dusk, it gets bombarded with bugs and you come home. It looks like this. This is what my windshield looks like when I come home. And it's terrible. So, so some bird doo-doo, everything's on there, right? So I get my cleaner out and, and my towels, and I clean it all off. Because if I don't, man, it's going to be on the windshield the next day. I can't see out of it. And so I clean it all out, clean my front grill and my lights, and everything's perfectly clean. And here's what I learned about life. You and I need to clean off the windshield of our mind. And when you wake up in the morning, just hang out with God, you're cleaning the windshield of your mind off. And here's what the Bible says. Here's a scripture for you. You ready for a cool scripture? Uh, Galatians 5.16. So I say, walk by the spirit or in the spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now, if you were to read on the context, the desires of the flesh are all kinds of sins, and they're trying to stick to us and trying to stick to it. But he says, you won't give in to them. You won't gratify if you just walk in the spirit. Well, walking in the spirit, it's hanging out with God. And so there's so many ways to do it. Bible reading, worship, and all those things, you're walking in the spirit. And what happens? It cleans the windshield of your mind. It gives you strength. And you're able to walk free from some things. So when I talk to guys, in 35 years I've been here, uh, you know, with the same people, and uh, I've had guys come to talk to me, and they say, Pastor Joe, I struggle with this sin. I keep falling in the same sin and I keep doing this. So I, I tell them, I can help you. Here, here's, what, here's what we'll do. And, and I give them all kinds of little things to do that I've learned. But I say the number one thing you have to do is have God time. 
And then when you're driving your car, if no one's with you and you're able, listen to some worship music. And I tell them, you'll be so strong in a week that you'll be able to resist every and anything that comes at you. And, and it never fails when guys do what I just recommend to them. They, they overcome. Why? Well, because nothing can hang out on you if you, if you fill up with God. Here, here's the second thing. Oppression can hang out on you. When you hang out with God, nothing can hang out on you. Oppression, depression. So I'm not talking about clinical depression. Sometimes people need professional help, and, and we know that. Uh, chemicals are out of balance and all that. But can you agree that if you don't have that problem, just walking through life can depress you, right? Um, think about what's happening in our nation's capital. It doesn't matter which side you're on. It can depress you, right? It's just, it's not working the way it should, right? And then think about different nations. Iran's crazy and North Korea's crazy and Russia's always doing crazy things and China's always trying to cheat us. And you just think of everything that's going on all over the world. It can depress you, right? And then think about here, locally. Think about the GM situation. And, you know, as a church, by the way, we're believing that whatever happens, there's going to be more jobs uh, when it's all over. So you come in and, and agree with us. That's what we're praying as a church, whether GM stays or they go and someone else comes in. We're just expecting God to do something great for our community. And, and yet, all that, you hear it. Think about what might happen at your workplace. Think about what your kids might be doing. Think about what your parents might be doing. Think about all the mess in your life, and you, it's all hitting you, and it can oppress and depress us. But here's what I like about when I wake up in the morning. It's the most amazing thing. It's like it all wipes away. And here's what Psalm 1611 says. You make known to me the path of life, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. And at your right hand are pleasures forevermore. And this isn't weird. And I know this is how heaven will be. But I want you to just think about this. The atmosphere of earth is oxygen. For fish, their atmosphere is what? Water. And they need water. Well, you are a spiritual being, guys. Not just a human being. And the atmosphere of heaven is worship. Every time you read any scripture in the Bible that talks about what's going on in heaven, they show you the throne room. There's always worship 24-7 in heaven. And the Bible says God inhabits that. So every time you spend some time with God, guess, guess what's happening when you're spending time with God? Uh, the very presence of God comes into your life. It's not weird. It's peace. It's joy, as it says here. It's life. It's power. And I sit there in the morning and I just, whew, I come out of that with a smile on my face and I'm a happy camper and I'm just a happy guy and life's still a mess, right? But, but I'm happy. And Washington's still a mess, but I'm happy. The world's still a mess. Iran's still crazy, but I'm happy. And, and that's all that matters. I have joy. And, and it just brings you to another place. When you hang out with God, oppression, depression, nothing can hang out on you. And here's another one. This one's it's amazing. Uh, worldly things can't hang out on you. And these worldly things are not sin. We're not talking about sin. We're just talking about you and I just being filled up with the things of this world, being consumed with the things of this world, this world being everything. And I've noticed if I put God first in the morning, it just keeps everything else in its proper place. And I have a story for you. And, and uh, this is a true story. Uh, I, I went to Italy many years ago. My daughter, Michelle, was in high school. Gina couldn't come, so Michelle came with me. And I, I was preaching at a church on Sunday morning in Sicily and uh, had a great time. And the pastor said, I want to take you to dinner. So Michelle and I and the inter interpreter came. 
uh, to help us. And uh, we went to dinner. He said, no menus, I'll order for you. And I said, okay. And uh, so I don't know what's coming. And that's tough when you don't know what's next, you know. And uh, so the first thing that came was a big platter. I mean, a big platter and a pasta and, you know, the meats and the, and, and, and the cheeses and the breads and the eggplant and the peppers. And I ate too much of that like I do every restaurant I go into. And, and uh, you think, I should just have this for the meal, right? And, and so then I thought, okay, that was good. And it was really amazing. And uh, then they brought three platters, three about this size, and each one had a different type of fish. And the fish was about this long. It had the head and the tail, and they were all prepared differently. And I thought, oh, this must be a fish restaurant. So I took one of each. It was delicious. I mean, amazing. And then they, they, uh, they took them away, and they brought three more platters with three different types of fish, three more. So now it's six fish, six platters. And I thought, well, I can't eat a whole one of each, so I cut them in half, and I ate those, and it was amazing. And so then they took those away and brought three more platters. Now we're nine platters, nine different types of fish. And I thought, I, I, I took a quarter of each of those, and I'm like, I hope this meal ends. Maybe they'll bring some pasta, we'll be done. So they took those away, and they brought a big plate of pasta. It was pasta carbonara, which is uh, Italian ham, and then they like scrambled eggs at the end, and it was amazing. It was amazing. And I took a good amount of that because I thought the meal's over, and I have to, this is Italy, I have to eat this. And uh, <laughs> then they came and took that away, and they brought another platter, a big platter of pasta. It was the ink squid sauce pasta, black ink squid. And, and, you know, white linguine, but the ink squid was the sauce. And I could hardly eat. I felt like I did, I would, uh, after Thanksgiving dinner and dessert, you know, and it's just like you need to unbuckle your pants and just go sit up in a chair. <laughs> I was so full. And the pastor insisted, have you ever had this? No, you have to have this. I said, okay, okay, I'll have it. And I ate some of it. And then at that point, I felt like I need to run to the bathroom problems up here and you know and I I need to I, I didn't want to I, I was never bulimic in my life but it just felt like it wasn't going to stay down there right so then they took that away I'm like finally I can go home I had to teach that night in another church and uh, so then they brought up a, a platter of meat it was Phil Cutlet's big one and the pastor says you have to eat it I said I can't he goes you have to and he's offended so I took a little slice of it and I ate the cutlets then they took that away then they brought us another platter of meat meatballs and sausage at this point I'm ready to just explode and uh, so I ate it just a piece of each and then I'm like we have to go home now then they took that away they brought one more platter it's a platter of cannolis <laughs> chocolate covered and regular and you may not know this, my favorite dessert on planet Earth is a cannoli. But I was so full, I took one, I was so full I couldn't eat it. And they don't have doggy bags, and it was sad. But I had to leave it, I had to leave a man down, right? But I, I couldn't eat it. And you might say, why are you teaching this? We're, we're fasting and you're teaching about food. Are you nuts? I kinda like to watch the Food Channel when I'm fasting, but unfortunately I'm fasting media too, so you know. Can't even watch that. But, but I can tell stories like this. No, listen, listen, listen. Why am I sharing this? This came to me when I was preparing this point. The worldly things can't stick on us. Spending time with God is like eating a spiritual cannoli. And if you don't do it first, you probably won't have room in your life for him. So you know how we're not supposed to eat our sweets first? When it comes to God, you need to eat your spiritual cannoli first thing every day. 
And if you do that, then everything else finds its place. Jesus talked about this in a parable. Listen to this parable, guys. Absolutely true. Mark 4, 18 and 19. And others are the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word. And this just means somebody that accepts Jesus, okay? And, and, but then the cares of the world, that, that would be the nine platters of fish. And uh, the deceitfulness of riches, that's your two pastas. And then the, the desire for other things, that, that's your meat platters, they enter in and choke the word and it proves to be unfruitful. You know, the word of God, the first time you hear it, it's a seed every time after it's water and it's supposed to grow you. But here's what he's saying. If you and I don't put God first in our day, we're gonna fill up on everything in this world and they're not necessarily bad, but we're gonna get off course. And that's what I've learned in my life. And so I don't get off course. I just, I just eat my spiritual cannoli first and then anything else, can't get in because there's no room for it. I pick out on the spiritual cannoli. And guys, it's an amazing thing. I want to share one more thing with you. This is the fourth of four things. And this one's cool. External enemies can't hang out around you. And uh, we all have enemies. You know, the Bible says, put on the armor of God, stand your ground, swing your sword, use your shield. But there's some guys that are just too big for us to handle. And that happened to Jehoshaphat in the Old Testament, king of Judah. And he had these armies come against him. They were more, way more powerful than him. He sought God and God said, here's what you do. Put the worship team in front of the soldiers and march out. Can you imagine that? If we got our believers worship team and put them in front of the American army and they went out. That's, that's crazy, right? But God taught us a principle. And the Bible teaches us that when we worship, that God arises and he fights a lot of our enemies for us. And that's, that's, that's what the Bible teaches. I like what uh, A.W. Tozer said, a great man of God who's in heaven. He said, as God is exalted to the right place in our lives, a thousand problems are solved all at once. And here's what I noticed when I put God first in my day. Some things just, they just take care of themselves. And it's the most amazing thing ever because I spent some time with him and he's so awesome. You spend some time with him and he's so awesome. He just begins to fight for you and he takes care of things just like he did for Jehoshaphat. As that worship team walked out there, it says the Lord sent ambushments and he wants to fix some things for you that are bigger than you are and you and I worry about it and we, we just fret about it. And sometimes you just say, you know what? I'm just gonna hang out with God a little bit and God begins to fix some things like you can never imagine. And that's the beauty of it. Listen, when you hang out with God, nothing can hang out on you. And Borman, TCI Warren, can we just say, God, thank you for your word. Thank you for what we learned today. Thank you for who you are. Can we give it up? Come on. He is awesome. He is awesome. So here's, here's the most important part of my message. Can we bow our heads, close our eyes? Listen, listen, listen. I'm gonna challenge some of you right now. Just a challenge. Some of you have never put God first. And, and I want to encourage you, just start where you can. But just get up that little bit earlier and begin to put him first. And you will be amazed. And I believe God's dealing with hearts right now. Hey, man, I want to change your life forever. This isn't homework, man. This is, a, this is a amazing life and, and joy and peace that I want to flood your soul with. I want to talk to you. I want to change you forever. There's some of you listening. Um, you, have, you, you, you have done this in the past, but you've fallen away from it. And I believe God's you know, dealing with you. Hey, it's time to put, just put me back. 
put me first in your life. There's so much I want to do for you. And I'm just encouraging people now. Make, make a decision. Here's what the enemy's going to tell you. I, I can't understand the Bible. I'm too busy. Listen, if you put God first, the rest of your life will fall into place. And maybe you are too busy. So put God first and ask, what can I cut out of my life? Because I'm too busy. And you'll be amazed at the life and power of God that begins to show up in your life. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. So make a commitment. I'm going to go into Monday and I'm going to change my schedule. That's what this January series is about. First, we're, we're wanting to help you line up and have the best year you've ever had, a God year, a life-changing year. Put God first. Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Maybe you walked in, Borman, Warren, TCI, and you came in not even being sure if you're going to go to heaven, not even sure if you believe in God, not even sure how to go to heaven, just not sure. Listen, right now I'm not asking you to join our church or religion. But Jesus came and died for you. God raised him up out of the grave, and he is alive. And he said, whoever calls on my name, I will save them. He says, whoever believes in their heart that I died and God raised me from the grave and accepts me and begins to follow me. He says, I'll save them and then I'll change their life like they've never seen. If you're listening and you're not sure you've done that, why not do it today? Heads are bowed, eyes are closed. I'm gonna ask you to pray with me. The rest of us listening, TCI Boardman here, can, can we help them pray? Let's pray with them and, and just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I'm a sinner that needs a savior. And this day, I look to your answer. Jesus, I believe you died for me. God raised you from the grave. And this day, I accept you as my savior. And make a decision to follow you. Amen, amen. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.